Good day, Community Christian Church. I am Tom Davis. I'm the Tom Davis that's, that was the teacher of the uh, of the church congregation. I've been a follower of Jesus for 52 years, and uh, my world, after 66 years, my world was jolted in September uh, with a medical diagnosis of mesothelioma, which is an incurable cancer. Uh, involving uh, asbestos uh, around the lungs. And Kevin had asked me if I would be uh, willing and able to say a few words from my perspective at this particular point. So I jotted down a few notes and uh, I'm willing to, uh, uh, to talk from the heart to the church. Uh, my diagnosis had certainly driven home the uh, point that uh, we know not what our timetable is going to be. It's kind of a mystery illness. We don't know where it came from uh, exactly, but it involves, uh, for me now, relying on my Savior, uh, my faith, and my comforter. Uh, adversity without that calming effect uh, of a Heavenly Father and a promise of heaven would certainly be a frightening thing as I face my uh, mortality. Um, there are special moments and special people that sometimes I think God places uh, in our lives uh, that uh, in order to be able to show God's love and spring into action, I believe it's Ephesians 5.16 that talks about seizing the opportunity. Uh, yet, for some reason, almost all of us are guilty of taking things for granted, thinking that we'll have a second chance or a third chance, or a fourth chance with that, at that particular moment with those particular people. But uh, to show God's desire, uh, I feel like we need to use all of those opportunities because we don't know. Um, we may be out of chances at some particular point, at least with those people that may be right there at that particular time. There may be a non-believer that is standing and watching and, and uh, just to kind of see how we demonstrate God's love. And that non-believer, uh, we have to uh, go into action at that particular point because we may be the messenger of that and we don't want to miss out on those opportunities of God. Uh, recently, Jesus and I have had some very good, some very deep conversations. And uh, each time he assures me uh, that he is in control of my terrible circumstances, that he is my protector. Uh, every time I go to my knees, I am reassured of uh, uh, of heaven and for that without that reassurance of a heaven uh, it would certainly be a dark lonely scary place uh, for me right now in fact I can't imagine facing cancer uh, without that calming effect without Jesus being in my corner uh, Jesus uh, has uh, promised that he knows every hurt in my body and uh, that I am one of his children. And so that is really comforting. And in closing, lastly, I guess I could say that I've had a wonderful collection of caregivers. Uh, and the church is like right at the very top. They're almost a heavenly uh, role. I've loved our church family. Um, I give thanks that I belong to Jesus and that I belong to a community Christian church. So I thank you. I thank you, CCC. And let's get out and seize that moment right now, if we could. Thank you.
Let's take a moment and pray for Tom and his family. I think that would be an appropriate thing for us to do. Father, I thank you for Tom's testimony. I thank you for his faith, Lord, in you. And and I just pray that you would continue to sustain Tom and his family, each, each of them, through this journey that they are on. And Father, they are trusting you. I know that to be true. And, and Lord, may we heed his advice to us that we would take advantage, that we would seize the opportunities that are before us, that we would speak a word to those around us about Jesus and about heaven and the way to get there. Lord, uh, we thank you for the chance to come before you today and that your ears are open to us. And that's, that's the case every time we turn to you. We thank you that you are that kind of a God. We praise you. As we have praised you in song this morning, we now want to praise you through our listening ears and receiving your word into our heart. Use this message, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We do wish Happy New Year to each one of you. If you were here last week, you will remember that I started a series on the subject of prayer. I said to you that prayer changes everything. And I believe that to be true. It can change circumstances and it can change people. It can change the people that you are praying for and it can also change you. As you spend time with God in prayer, it will change you. It, you cannot be in His presence without being changed. I asked you last week to consider making a commitment by marking in your bulletin that you would give an extra effort towards disciplining yourself in this area of prayer. And I hope that you have taken heed, that you have acted on that commitment that I was calling for you to make. We all need that in our life. We, we tend to live a busy life, don't we? Every one of us do. But wouldn't you agree with me that we make time to do the things that we want to do? I know that's true for me. I know over the last uh, few weeks I have been taking time, I have been making time to go deer hunting. In fact, uh, January 1, New Year's Day, was the opening day again for uh, deer season. There's 11 days there, and I wanted to get out there and uh, find a deer. I wanted to catch a deer. That's what my daughter was telling me to do. Dad, I hope you catch a deer. And uh, so I went out there. At, at, it was in the deer stand at 6 a.m. New Year's Day, and it was cold. It was 16 degrees, it was 8 degrees wind chill that day, and yet I sat in that deer stand for four hours, and I didn't see a deer. <laughs> and and, and you, I may say, why, why do I do that? And some of you would say, because you're stupid. <laughs> but I, I do that because I enjoy that. I make time to do the things that I want to do. 
for, for 27 plus years. I set my alarm at 5 a.m. Uh, just a few minutes after 5 a.m. a couple of mornings a week and I get up and I go play basketball for an hour. Why do I do that? I, because I enjoy it. I, I want to do that. I make time to do that. And the same is true for you. The things that you want to do, you make time for those things. Most of us here today make time to eat, don't we? We, we don't let those times go by. Well, my question to you is, do we make time to pray? Do we set aside some quantity and quality time to pray to our Heavenly Father? He wants to hear from us. We need to be with Him and to get to know Him. And what a difference our prayers will make. I want to encourage you, again, to make an extra effort in committing yourself to pray to Him. Uh, something that will help you, that we're making available for you. You'll find this in the lobby on the Welcome Center. It's, it's a, a, a journal that will get you into the Word of God every day over these next six weeks. And this journal is about prayer. It's entitled, Prayer Changes Everything. I want to encourage you to pick one of those up today and use that over these next six weeks. It will get you into the Word. It will help you in your study and your understanding about prayer. And it will be a good thing for you. But I'll be honest with you. If you want to become a better prayer warrior, study is good, and hearing sermons on the subject of prayer is good, and going to seminars and learning about prayer is good, but the one thing that will help you become a better prayer warrior is to pray. Just do it. Just Make some time and get into that prayer closet and spend time with your Heavenly Father and you'll see that what I am saying to you is true. It really does change everything. And it will change you. I want to talk to you today about the power of prayer. All through the Scripture, we see the difference that prayer made. Let me remind you of just a few of those instances. Exodus chapter 15, verse 24, says that the people of Israel grumbled against Moses because the waters at Marah were bitter. And so what did Moses do? He prayed. He cried out to God. Interestingly, I see this phrase over and over again in the books of Exodus and Numbers. The people were grumbling and Moses was crying out to God. So often he was desperate before God. He was crying out for help. He was calling for divine intervention. He was saying, Oh God! What shall I do with these people? Would you please help me? It was a prayer for endurance. It was a prayer for mercy and patience. Verse 25 says, The Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. Prayer made a difference in that instance. And let me be very clear, it was the God through the prayer 
that made the difference. It wasn't, prayer's not like a magic lamp that we, we rub the top of it and we get what we want. No, we are, we are turning to our Heavenly Father and we are calling out to Him and we will find that prayer does make a difference. When God's people pray and cry out to Him, He hears those prayers. Exodus chapter 8, verse 12 Again, Moses was crying out to the Lord concerning the frogs that had been inflicted upon the land of Egypt. Verse 13 says, The Lord did what Moses asked. Let me give to you another instance where prayer made a difference. 1 Kings chapter 18. Elijah was on top of Mount Carmel. It was one prophet of God against 850 false prophets an altar had been built they were to pray to their god these false prophets were to pray to their god and they were crying out to their god for fire to come down from heaven moses would do the same praying to his god jehovah god and whichever god answered with fire from heaven that would be the one true god And I'm sure many of you remember that story. The prophets of Baal spent the entire day praying to their God. And they got on top of that altar and they began to dance around and they're gashing their body with knives and they are calling for their God to send fire from heaven. And Moses was a little bit ornery to them. He was mocking them. He was saying to them, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe he's gone on a journey. Maybe you need to cry out a little bit louder. Maybe he's taking a a potty break. (laughs) Well, their God didn't answer with fire, and it was Moses' turn to cry to his God. But first, he had them pour water all over the altar, lots of water to a point that the trench that they had dug was filled up and overflowing With water. Let me read to you verses 36 through 39 of this chapter. At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Here's his prayer O God, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Did prayer make a difference in that instance? It most certainly did. Let me remind you of another story taken from 2 Kings chapter 19. Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, was making claims against the people of God. He had annihilated all of the nations around Judah, and now Judah was next on his hit list. And and reality told everyone there was no way that Judah could stand against the army of Sennacherib. They were too strong. 
And the people of Judah were melting with fear. But there was one thing that they had not taken into consideration. Judah had a king named Hezekiah who believed in the power of prayer. Let me read to you verses 15 through 19 of 2 Kings chapter 18. Chapter 19. Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, who are enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of all the nations of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see and listen to the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have devastated the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. So they have destroyed them. Now, O Lord, our God, I pray, deliver us from his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, O Lord, are God. Do you remember what happened? After that prayer, the next morning, 185,000 Assyrian soldiers didn't wake up. The angel of the Lord had struck them dead. Not one sword had been raised. No war cries were heard. Just one cry in the form of a prayer by King Hezekiah. Prayer makes a difference if we will dare to pray. Let me move over into the New Testament, Acts chapter 12. Do you remember what happened there? Peter was in prison. He was to be executed the next morning. Already James had been put to death by the sword, and now it was Peter's turn. But the Scripture says this with a, with a capital B, but, but prayer was being made fervently by the church to God. That's verse 5. An angel appeared. And Satan ought to realize this. Whenever he finds himself fighting against God's angels, he's not going to win that battle. That angel appeared and he caused Peter's chains to fall off of his hands and feet. The soldiers who were guarding him were put into a stupor. The prison gate opened wide and Peter was free as a bird. And he went to the house where the church had gathered to pray. And even the prayer warriors found it hard to believe that it was really Peter at their door. They thought they were hallucinating. They thought they were seeing a ghost. Kind of reminds me of the story that has been passed around for years. It's not a true story, but it certainly has a rather piercing point to it. A bar was set to open right next to a church building. The church was not happy about this at all. And so they started a prayer campaign to block the bar from opening. They're calling out to God for help. They were asking for God to intervene somehow to stop this from happening. 
And a storm rolled through their town, and lightning struck the bar and burned it to the ground, and the bar owners sued the church and said they were the ones to to blame. And what did the church do? The church denied all responsibility for the burning of the building. The case made its way into the courtroom, and the judge had this to say. It appears that we have a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer, and we have a church that doesn't. Sometimes we're guilty as charged. We pray, and our faith falls short of where it should be. And if, that, if it's any consolation to you at all, know that the early church members had this problem too. Because they're praying for Peter to be released, and he's standing at their door. He has been miraculously released from the prison, and they just can't believe that it's him. And yet the bottom line is their prayers made a difference. And someone might say this, Kevin, that's all Bible stuff. Does does prayer really make a difference in 2015? I believe it does. And there are plenty of stories to back that up. We haven't told you much about the rest of the story about Hunter Russell a few weeks ago. In fact, Seven weeks ago, Hunter was born here at Mercy Hospital to Cassidy and Brett Russell. Raise your hand, Brett and Cassidy. And Brett has Hunter in his arms. November 11th, he was born. And and his birth was not without incident. The doctors detected that Hunter had bleeding on the brain and his his breathing was not going so well he needed oxygen and he went from being in need of oxygen to being in need of being on a ventilator and it was a very scary moment for Brett and Cassidy and Mercy Hospital life-lighted little hunter to Kansas City to Overland Park Regional Medical Center I had found out about his birth and him being life flighted after the fact and I went up to Mercy Hospital to be with with Brett and Cassidy Cassidy was still just just a, getting over giving birth to to Hunter and we prayed together of course their heart was in Kansas City with their little boy worried and scared to death for him And we prayed, and I assured them that when I got back to the church, we would get an email sent out immediately to our church family to begin to pray for him. And many of you received that email, and you did pray for Hunter. And Brett has a very special connection with E.K. from India. While E.K. was here two years ago, Brett was baptized into Jesus. And so uh, E.K. knows who Brett is. And I contacted E.K. and I told him what was going on. And he, he got his people in India praying for little Hunter. The bottom line is there were lots and lots and lots of prayers going up in baby Hunter's behalf because he was a very sick baby. I think it was the next day that Cassidy and, and Brett had gone up to Kansas City and Cindy and I made a, made a trip up there to that hospital that evening. And, and you know what we found? By the time we got there, 
the bleeding on the brain had stopped and the question they were trying to get the answer to was no longer will he live but rather when will he come home and he was in church the following Sunday baby Hunter was and he's been here every Sunday since prayer really does change everything do you believe that it's the truth Tim Woodring could tell you from his own experience a year and a half ago that prayer changes everything my wife Cindy a year ago was told that she had cancer and that she had had a heart attack that was alarming news for us to hear God's people began to pray for her and, and, and it wasn't too long after those prayers had begun to be prayed that, that we saw a cardiologist in Kansas City and he then told Cindy, no, you've not had a heart attack, praise the Lord. And a little bit later, we'd seen an oncologist here in town from, from Wichita and he said, you know, all these tests that we've run, we've looked and we've, we've discovered your cancer was all contained in the gallbladder that was surgically removed and, and we cannot find any trace of cancer in your body. You are cancer-free, that oncologist said to her. And those were sweet words to our ears. He said to her, go and enjoy your life. And just, a few, just in the last few weeks, we've had checkups with that cardiologist in Kansas City and the oncologist here and, and good news came back to us again from those doctors and I think it was the day after Christmas uh, the kids while they were home uh, and I threw Cindy a cancer-free party and surprised her. It was a good day for us to give praise to God and His answer to prayers. We, we believe that God is still in the business of answering prayer. Now, I, I recognize that God doesn't always answer prayers the way we want Him to. And Tom's testimony, his life, his situation is evidence of that fact. And we have been praying to God for a miracle for him. You know what? I think God's given to him a miracle. Not necessarily in the form that we have been asking him for. We have been praying for his healing physically. Maybe that's not going to happen. It could still happen. God's, God's capable of doing that if he chose to do it. But I think maybe God is working a bigger miracle in Tom's life than even what we have been asking him for. And Tom and I have talked about this personally several times, and he has been very quick to say to me, as he said on the video testimony today, he has said, Kevin, be sure of this, that God is answering our prayers. He is carrying me through this situation. He has given me peace. He has grown me spiritually. He has given to me assurance of heaven. So brothers and sisters, don't think even for a moment 
that God is not answering our prayers concerning Tom. He is hearing every word that we pray and he is working according to his will and we have to believe that his will is right. And if he doesn't get that physical healing here, we know he's going to get it up there. And it will be an eternal healing. And we need to understand that God's ways are much higher than our ways. And His thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. His vantage point is from a much higher plane than ours. Our vantage point is earthly. His is heavenly. Our vantage point is temporary. His is eternal. And sometimes our requests may not match up with His bigger plan. And in such cases, I think this is what God would want to say to us, simply this, this is one that you're going to have to trust me in. And so what do we do? We trust Him. We hold on to Him. It's not easy. We may not have a good answer for it. We may not even like it. We may not understand it. But this we know to be true. That He is faithful. We know that He is good. We know that He is love. We know that He is wise. We know that He has never forsaken His children. And He is not about to start forsaking us now he will not fail us and so we trust him and you know what the promise is as we trust him he will make our paths straight one thing i do know tom is bringing glory to god through this whole ordeal And I sense his spiritual growth and his trust in God. And he would be the first to tell you that his witness is stronger in his sickness than it has ever been in his wellness. And maybe there is the biggest miracle of all. Don't ever think that God has not heard or answered our prayers concerning Tom Davis. And I, I, know, I could talk about several from our congregation. I could talk about Terry and the witness and the faithfulness and the, the glory that she is giving to God amidst cancer. The same story could be said of Dean Irwin. We have some heroes some spiritual heroes in our congregation. And we praise God for that. Prayer changes everything. Let me give to you one final story from Mark chapter 9. Jesus and three of his disciples, had, had they had gone up onto the Mount of Transfiguration, and through the night there had been prayers prayed, and there had been 
introductions made to Moses and Elijah. And those two fellows from the past had had come and they had ministered to Jesus and He had been transfigured before those three disciples on top of that mountain, Peter, James, and John. The next morning, they came down from the mountain. And and the nine who had been left at the bottom of the mountain, there were some things going on there with them when Jesus and the other three appeared. There was a father who was pleading with them about his son needing healing. The son was demon-possessed. And the demon was causing the son to be mute, and at times that demon would cause him to be thrown into terrible, terrible epileptic seizures to the point of personal injury and the disciples had been trying to cast the demon out but they were being unsuccessful with that and so jesus when he shows up the father sees him and he goes running over to jesus and he's asking jesus to cast out the demon and i appreciate the manner in which he asked jesus he said if you can do anything Please take pity on us and help us. And you can tell the father is at the end of his rope. He loves his son. He's tried to help his son, but the situation is far out of his control. He cannot fix his son. And so he turns to someone whom he thinks is able to help. He says to Jesus, if you can do anything, have pity on us and help us. remember Jesus' response? Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. And I love the Father's response back to Jesus. He said, I do believe. Would you help my unbelief? You ever been there? I do believe, Lord. I I, I believe in my heart that you can do anything. I I believe that there are no limitations to your power. I, I believe that you can do anything. But Lord, would you help my unbelief? Would you help my doubts that I have? And Jesus had mercy on that fellow. He cast the demon out of his son. He healed him. Jesus invites us to come to him and ask. Why wouldn't we do that? Why why don't we pray as we should? There is nothing that he can't do. So why wouldn't we ask for healing? Why wouldn't we ask for hard hearts to be softened, for people to be saved? Why wouldn't we ask for broken marriages to be restored? Why wouldn't we ask for God to grow this church beyond what it is now? And so again, my challenge to you is to pray. 
to discipline yourself, to take the time to pray and see what God might do in your life and in the lives of others that you begin to pray for. Let me read one final passage to you. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is speaking. He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it shall be opened. If you then being evil, this is verse 11, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask? Father, would you help us to not just hear the word, but to do the word. May there be prayer warriors raised up in this church more than ever before. As we go through this series over these weeks to come, Father, just Lay it on our hearts to become prayer warriors to the glory of you. And we pray this in Jesus' name.